Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hello, I'm Kate Astatz, the writer and creator of Don't Mind Crux Mom. And I'm Travis Van Groff, the producer and director. Thank you for joining us. This episode has content warnings in the description below. Today's episode contains content related to suicide. If you require assistance dealing with thoughts of self-harm or suicide, there are resources to help. Please take time to look up suicide prevention hotlines in your country. And remember, there is help and hope. Thank you for listening. And enjoy this episode of Don't Mind. Previously on Don't Mind Cruxmont, Neil met Gwen at the Cruxmont Records Hall to inspect old village records and, there, accessed a locked cabinet containing the village's collected genealogies. Upon initial examination, they found only one relevant date within the records, a Jacob Birch, Adelaide's great-grandfather who was either born in or died in 1789. Afterwards, they split up and Neil encountered Mike and Amy. He spoke with the teenagers about the annual Cruxmont survey undertaken by local teens, and they revealed that they felt trapped in Cruxmont. After their discussion, Neil, in search of further clues to Colin's whereabouts, attempted to clamber through a church window, but he was promptly apprehended by the constable. Meanwhile, Gwen desperately rushed to young Millie as the girl walked into the pond. Microwave. Thanks. Are you sure you want me to go? I can reschedule. It's nothing special. No, really, go. I plan to eat, then play that new game you got. I haven't even played it yet. Well, I don't have a girlfriend, so I have an abundance of time. Or a job. I've been trying. I know, I know. Sorry. Just a bad joke. Yeah. 
So what's the plan with Piper? Something nice? Um, I'll walk through the park, and we'll go to uh, the Sky Bar thing for some drinks, and later catch a movie. Well, don't come home if you can help it. Ha ha. I'll be honest. Given everything you've already said, I really thought you didn't like Piper. I don't. Well, let's say I don't. If I don't like her, maybe she's perfect. It's not like I've got the greatest judgment in the world. Seriously, with my track record? Yeah. Valerie was terrible. Okay. I wasn't talking about just my dating history, but yeah, she was. It'll all be behind you. It already is, so... It can only get better, right? Yeah, I guess. I'm sure it's taking its sweet time. There'll be other jobs, man. Yeah. I know. Seriously, Colin. After yesterday, I can reschedule. We can order pizza. Shoot some shit. No, just relax. No, go. Have fun. Oh. Some of the cash I owe Not a lot, I know, but I've been here for a few months now, and, well, that's what I've got. You don't have to pay rent or anything. Just don't be an asshole. Take it. Buy a drink on me. Thanks. See you later. Uh, uh, and remember to turn the volume down after nine. The Danowskis upstairs have kids. Got it. Have fun. Just got in the car. I'll be there in about 20. Yes, the Ledford family plots. It's disclosed in the paperwork. Nose dies beneath the earth. Plots overrun and forgotten. Decades of unkempt blood roses bloom. The mature blooming rose garden. Certainly a plus. Here, this place, this is the epicenter of the heart. This is Neil. You really just left? Yeah. But nothing is set in stone, so we won't miss anything. Any ideas on what movie you want to see? How am I supposed to pick a movie if we don't know what time we'll be at the theater? Was this about Colin again? No, it's, it's not. I was chatting and got caught up. But as I said, we don't have any solid plans, so don't worry about it. He doesn't even try to help out, Neil. Not even with getting you out of the house on time for a date. Seriously, you're a saint for even putting up with him. No, Colin wanted me to go out. He's been trying really hard to get a job. But you know how hard it is for him, or anyone for that matter. He deserves better than being treated like shit for 12 bucks an hour. Everyone does. He even gave me a bit of cash for tonight's drinks, as a thank you. Sure, and where do you get the money, Neil? Pawning more of your stuff? Did you even think to ask? I have to trust him, Piper. Look, I'll be at your place soon. We don't have to fight about this again. Let's just try and have a nice night. You can't avoid the subject, where did he get the money? Shit, Piper, I, I don't know. Nothing's missing, if that's what you want to know, since you seem so determined to hate him. Well, not much to like. And he doesn't like me either. You know, you're right. He doesn't. 
He doesn't like you. And he still makes an effort to let me have time with you because he knows I like you. So I say he's doing okay. He's trying. And even if he doesn't have a job yet, he's still trying on that too, okay? Damn. I don't want to keep having this same conversation. He's doing better, okay? He wanted me to go out tonight. Wait, he wanted you to? So you don't want to? No, I want to. But I also worry about him. So I offered to stay home with them tonight to hang out. You nearly canceled? Again? This is going to be our first date in weeks. No, sitting on your sofa watching movies with Colin doesn't count. You know, I don't know why he would try so hard to get me to go out with you. Why did he want me to go? Why? Like I care why he does anything. Why did he get high all those times? What I want to know is why he had to convince you in the first place. Neil? Neil? I'm going home. I'm going back. Are you effing kidding me? First date in weeks, Neil. Weeks. Shit. You know, I don't have to put up with this. The last time this Listen, happened- Listen, Piper. I'll call you later. Sorry about tonight. Call, call it. Hey, you've reached a voicemail of Colin Mitchell. Damn it. I'll try to get back to you. Leave a message for anything important. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Call home. We've reached the home phone of Neil Mitchell. I'm not home right now, but like most people in this decade, I have a cell phone. Please leave a message after the beep or try and call me on my cell. Pick up. Not now, Piper. I need an ambulance at 1314 uh, Tower Street, apartment 3B. My brother took some pills. He's on the floor. No. No, I don't know. I, there's no label. What What should I do? Yeah. Yeah. Colin! Colin! Come on, man. Colin. Colin. I don't want you to have everything you want. If I take it all uh, away. No, uh, he won't wake up. Pain, 
but I think he's breathing. Colin! Hurry! Please! Colin! Wake up, please, man. Wake up. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. Come on. Wake up. Wake up! Help's coming. Hang in there, buddy. Millie! What? Oh, God, that's, that's the pond from before. Millie? Millie! Stop! Millie! Millie! Stop! Oh, Doctor, wake up. There's tea. Um, can I... Can I go? No, not yet. But your clothes are mostly dry. So we'll have them back to you soon. Thank you. Um, uh, be sure to, to thank your wife for the gym clothes. She swears they are clean. <laughs> now, I have to ask you a few questions about the incident and about Millie. I've been in here all evening. How? It's 5am. You made me stay in here all night. Yes, well, I had to go speak with Millie's family and oh. several other villagers. Millie's friends. 
our community. Yes, of course. I, I'm sorry. Mm. Mm. Thank you. Mm. So, let's talk about what happened. How did you know, Millie? Um, we, um, we, we met the first night I was here. She and uh, three other teenagers were out drinking. Uh, after they split up, she, she walked away down the hill to, uh, to the pond. I, I went to talk with her. She was having a rough time with something, but uh, she didn't want my help, and she told me to leave, so I did. And now I know I should have stayed. Maybe I could have done something to stop this. Don't blame yourself. Now, how did you find her yesterday? Um... <clears throat> Yeah, I, w I was on my way back to the Fox and Bloom when I uh, I saw her walking over the hills out in the orchard. Um, I called out to her. I wanted to talk, check in, but uh, she wouldn't slow down or, or stop. And when I came to the top of the first hill, I... I... I saw her walking into the pond... She was walking right in there and I uh, I started running and yelling for, for her to stop. Take your time. <laughs> I, I didn't make it in time. She sank so quickly and uh, I struggled to pull her out. She... She had rocks in her pockets. Dozens and dozens of rocks. Yes, <laughs> we found them. She was so young. I um, I, I started CPR, but I, I took too long to reach her, and, and, it, was, and it was too late. Uh, <clears throat> she uh, she had a, a note in a in a plastic bag. Did you did you find it? Yes, we know. It was a suicide. Mm. But thank you for what you did. You tried to save her, at least. Mm. So, um... So what now? Should I do something? Should I, I speak with Millie's, Millie's parents? No, that wouldn't help anyone. Okay. Her parents need time and space to grieve. I don't think anything you could say would help. It may only cause further sorrow. So, um... So, uh, what? Drink your tea, grab your friend, and leave Crooksmont. We've asked before, and we're done. Your time is up over at the Fox and Bloom, and everywhere in the village is already booked up for the festival. There's no camping permitted. No vagrancy. So collect your things, get in your car, and go home. Whatever you're looking for, you won't find it in Crocsmont. Uh, uh, I'm, um, I'm sorry for what happened. 
This is a nice village, very calm, very sweet, lots of charm. When did you move to, to Crooksmont? 25 years ago, I fell in love. Married the girl of my dreams and never left. This has been my home ever since. Could you? Could you leave? Your American friend is locked up just down the hall. Found him scaling the side of the chapel trying to climb into a window. We're willing to let him go without pressing charges or starting a record. No damage done. If you promise to get in your car and leave. Do you agree? <clears throat> yes. Good. Go check the front desk for your clothes. They should be there by now. Then I'll let you in to collect the American on your way out. I hope you had a pleasant time in Crooksmont and that we don't see each other again soon. I don't have time for this. Hey, at least let me talk to... Oh, hey Gwen. How'd you get in here? Uh, uh, PC Gordon let me in to see you. <laughs> so you got caught breaking into the church. I didn't break anything. The windows were open. And I just climbed up some walls and was about to get in when I was, yes, caught. More of a trespass or unlawful entry than a B&E. You look different. What happened to your hair? Uh, <clears throat> I was in the pond... The constable's wife let me use the shower, and thankfully my clothes got cleaned off, but I, uh, I look a mess. Yeah, not that you look much better. <laughs> yeah, I took a smack to the face when I hit the ground. Right. <sighs> I heard about the girl, uh, Millie Birch. Was that you who went in after her? Mm-hmm, yeah. Millie Birch? Yep. That's what the constable said when he stopped in a few hours ago. Now, stop causing trouble and get out of Crooksmont. Just like that? Just like that. Leave. Go on with you now. Let's go, Neil. We'll uh, check out and grab the car. Drive to the next place on your brother's itinerary. Yeah, sure. First, though, how did you know about Colin? About his drug problem? Photo you're using. <laughs> he looks just like how you'd imagine some junkie. Sunken eyes, skinny, empty cheeks. Maybe go check a city. Somewhere he could get his next high. Shitty backwards village. Let's go, Neil. <sighs> yeah. Mm. <sighs> it's early. Just after half past five. Hey, I know you're a doctor and all, and you probably see a lot of terrible things, but if you need to talk about Millie, you found her and you tried to save her, mm -hmm. but 
and that's all you could hope to do. So, uh, uh, I'm not saying you have to talk to me or to anyone, but if you have a friend or someone you can trust, maybe do. That's a lot to shoulder. She was just a kid. I work with elderly people with decades upon decades of experiences and life and family. Millie was just a girl. She hadn't seen any of it yet. All the other things ahead in life. Perhaps she won't if I'd been faster. You still may not have saved her. You did what you could. You know, for a stranger, you did more than some would ever try. Thank you, Neil. Mm-hmm. He was upset, but not surprised. How could he be so accepting of it? Hmm? Uh, who was? The constable about Millie's suicide. The other kids, Amy and Mike, they were talking about her, about how she'd been upset, that her mother was worried. It's, um... It's terrible to think it, Neil, but uh, she fits. Into the bimodal distribution, Millie fits. The right age. No way in hell he guessed Colin had a problem just from that photo. It's a good photo of him, and that guy is straight up lying. (sighs) My brother is here. I'm sorry that Millie died, really. But I can't leave. I have to find Colin. If he stopped me from going to the church... I'm just going back to the church. Neil, stop. We'll get our things and get in the car. Meet me back down here in five minutes. Please. But... Please. Five minutes. Trust me. Five minutes. doing? You gave this old lady a fright, dear. I'm tidying up. It's six in the morning. You weren't in, Mm. so I didn't think you'd mind. Looks like you haven't been in all night. I didn't even have to make up the bed. Yeah. I was out. Uh, Now, both Neil and I are checking out of the Fox and Bloom. I'll leave the key with you. Thank you very much for your hospitality. So early? Yeah. We have a lot to do, and it's very clear we shouldn't be in Croxmont any longer. So, uh, here's the key. Goodbye, Mary. Aren't we leaving? Put your seatbelt on. 
First time I've seen this many cars coming into Cruxmont. Oh, the festival starts tonight. The only time the village lets people in. One week in a year. If they have Colin, and I think they do, they'll try to get rid of him this weekend. The only murder ever recorded in Cruxmont took place during the festival. The killer was never found, and the crime was blamed on outsiders. A festival goer. Murder? You think they're gonna kill him? Turn around! I thought you did. You, you just said. Look, the previous victim was a local, not a visitor. And with just one person in the whole history of the village, I am sure it has nothing to do with your brother. Sure. No, no, we can't leave. We can't really leave. Stop the car. Drop me off here. I'll walk back. I, I said stop the car. No, not yet. Not yet. So we're... we're not leaving? We'll drive out of sight of the main festival grounds and pull off somewhere to park. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The festival really does attract a crowd. Hopefully a crowd we can get lost in. We don't need them knowing we're there. Not when they don't intend to be helpful. So, is it true what the constable said about your brother? The drugs? Yeah. Colin had a problem since high school, but he kicked it last year. Took a lot of work, a lot of terrible days, but he's come a long way. And that cop knows about it somehow. So, he must have spoken to Colin. You can't tell about his past from a picture. Um, yeah, here, we'll, we'll park behind those trees and, uh, and walk back into the village. You have everything you need? I never planned to leave, but I didn't want to say anything while we were still in the village. Mary Birch was in my room when we got back. Hmm. Looked like she'd been going through my things looking for something. Maybe just spying on me to see what I'd found, but everyone in Cruxmont knows everyone else, and we have no way of knowing if we were being watched. You think they were watching us the whole time? Not the whole time, maybe, but at definite points... How did the constable know you were going to be at the church? Mm-hmm. With the festival about to start, I'm sure he had more important places to be than an empty church. Someone heard our plan and told him. It also means there's something worth protecting in that church. Or he thought catching you committing a crime would get you locked up long enough not to be a problem. That poor girl. Millie Birch. Her name was Millie Birch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone keeps saying I'm some great brother for coming out here to look for Colin. They said that Colin's lucky to have a brother like me. 
But they don't understand how selfish this whole thing is. How terrible I feel every second I don't know where he is. Maybe he wasn't really ready for this trip. But it doesn't matter, because I pushed him. And now something shitty has happened, and all I can think of is how terrible a brother I am for ever telling him to do this. If he's dead, it's my it's my fault, and I can't stand it. I'm not a good brother. I'm a selfish asshole who couldn't stand it anymore. I just needed space from him. Sorry. We're all a little selfish, Neil. Don't beat yourself up. <laughs> I'm looking for a cure to help myself above all others. God, I'm tired. I tell myself again and again I could help so many people, but I'll test it on myself first. I'll give myself the first dose, I swear it. I've watched people I love slip away, and I'm so terribly scared of not knowing that I'm fading away with them. How am I supposed to know if I've forgotten something, something important? How much harder can someone work at selfish goals than this? Not all kinds of selfish acts are bad. Maybe it's healthy to be a little selfish. And that doesn't make us bad people. Because in the end, it's not just about you. It's about making sure Colin is okay. And it's not just about me, but finding something tangible that could help so many others. But if Crooksmont is hiding something, something so pivotally revolutionary, then <laughs> that is a different kind of selfish act. The kind that knowingly and willfully lets others suffer. <clears throat> Thanks. Maybe we'll get lucky. <clears throat> Maybe we'll find Colin and the strange secret thing. And then all the stress and anger and self-loathing we feel we deserve as punishment for all of our actions and thoughts will... Be worth it in the end. <laughs> like some twisted fairy tale. <sighs> I'm sure we will find Colin. But whatever it is Crooksmont has that helped Adelaide, I don't know what it is or how to find it. So is there no plan? Oh, there's always a plan. Get to the village, slip in amongst the newly forming crowds... I think we have good grounds to attempt another look at that church. I'll go this time, though. You fit in more with a festival type, as long as you don't open your mouth. What if I confront the constable? And do what exactly? Interrogate him about Colin. Neil, he has no intention of telling you anything. You've already stated this, and you are not in any position to interrogate him. He's a police officer. You're the trespasser. And he honestly looks like he's capable of inflicting some serious bodily harm if you push him into it. Yeah. Never mind. Hmm. The orchard. We'll have to pass through the trees to get into the village. But at least we shouldn't be seen. Hopefully there are too many people coming in and too much going on for them to notice us. Do you see that? What's that in the festival field? Huh. More booths? 
It looks like a... A bonfire. With a person on it? An effigy? Is this part of the festival? Why do you have to burn a fake person to celebrate some plums? I have no idea. Don't Mind Cruxmont. Written and created by K.A. Stats. Produced and directed with sound design by Travis Fengroff. Edited with sound design, mixing, and mastering by Dane Leonardson. Dialogue editing by Austin Beach. And with script and casting consulting by Gemma Amore. Starring Adjua Ando, Daniel Demerin, Preston Young, Sinclair Bell, Liz D'Alessio, Sue Bomer, Hem Cleveland, Sean Daniel Francis, and Sarah Ray Werner. With executive producers Dennis Greenhill, Michael Villegas, Carol Vengroff, and AJ Punkin. With music by Stephen Malin. This episode would not be possible without the support of our listeners on Patreon. So please consider supporting us there at patreon.com slash foolandscholar, or by sharing this show with a friend. This episode is copyrighted 2022 by Fool and Scholar Productions. Thank you for listening. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.